Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Y'all, this podcast might be the one thing holding me back from crossing the line into complete insanity. I am so goddamn bored. And I'm being productive. Like, I'm working on screenplays. I'm recording this podcast. I've coupled with a couple publications to start writing on a regular basis again. I've been updating my blog, which you know I don't even blog anymore. I've been updating that ish every single day. I'm so bored. My favorite episode of Sex in the City is Splat. When old girl, Carrie's 40-year-old friend, is at a party and she's like, yo, I'm so bored I could die. And then she falls out the window. I don't want to say that because I don't want to like fall out a window. But I actually don't have floor-to-ceiling windows here in the suburbs. The house is all on one floor. I mean, well, except for the basement. But you can't fall out of anything. Like, it's a, it's a three-foot drop. I wouldn't even break anything. I might sprain an ankle. But I'm so goddamn bored. And I'm so sick of the news. I had to stop watching Trump's press conferences because they annoy me so bad and I just get enraged. I can't tell you what happened before in the week because everything changes so rapidly. But today is Wednesday, March 25th at approximately 7.35 p.m. Today, Trump is still on that, oh yeah, we're going to be back to normal by Easter. You mean Easter 2020? Easter in April? I was watching... Who comes on after Rachel Maddow, the man? He was like, how Trump going to open up something that he never shut down? It's the governors and the mayors who are shutting down the cities and and putting us under shelter in place or whatever euphemism they want to give for quarantine. Meanwhile, President Cuomo, because that's the only leader I follow, President Cuomo is 
calling for 30,000 ventilators in New York. You only sent me 400. We have a discrepancy here. Orange is talking about opening up the country. Meanwhile, the L.A. mayor, Garcetti, just announced today. He was like, oh, yeah, we're shut down until at least May. At least, maybe longer. And lots of people are going to die. Stop playing games with your life. Get indoors. I cannot find a news story about this. I saw somebody post on Instagram. They were pulled over by the LAPD. They were coming from their boyfriend's house, which is non-essential. So they got a $400 ticket for being out when they had no business being out. I was like, is that what's happening? I'll be sitting my black ass right up in Maryland until LA is normal again, which who knows? Who knows when that'll be? Did y'all see the compilation of video clips of, of mayors from Italy cursing everybody out? Apparently, despite Italy's death toll rising by the day, people just refuse to stay indoors. The mayors are going out in public themselves and telling people to get their ass back in the house. They're also doing press conferences from their living room, cursing and asking people, why the fuck are you running? One of the mayors was like, I've been a distance runner on and off for the last 20 years. I can tell you every major runner in the country. It's only 20 people who really take it seriously. The rest of y'all, why are y'all running? Where are you going? What is the purpose? Get inside. Somebody else was like, you're going to get your hair done and be perfectly waxed and be dead in the casket. It's closed. Get inside. Another mayor was like, the dogs are exhausted. Stop walking them. (laughs) Yo, people are bored. Before I logged on to take this podcast, I was reading about a man. This is not even funny. I'm just delirious. I was reading about a man who's been in solitary confinement for 27 years. He got locked up when he was a teenager, and then there was a riot at the prison in which he was accused of killing five people, which he denies. But nonetheless, he's in solitary confinement. He's in his cell for 23 hours a day, and for one hour of the day, he can go downstairs to an underground gym. He has a small slit in his wall that's called a window, and he can look out into the parking lot. But I was literally reading this man's tips on being alone. Mind you, I am not alone. I'm in the house with two other people. On my Facebook page, I've been doing scientific updates about experiments. I've been playing with my parents, boomer female and silent generation male. I've been trying to introduce them to new food. I tried to get my parents to try quinoa. That that didn't go over well. The following day, I tried to introduce vegetarian meat at the breakfast hour. That That didn't go over well. That actually went over worse than the quinoa. The quinoa, they were like, nah, I'm not eating that. The vegetarian food, they saw it and they knew it was foreign and neither one of them commented on it. And my mother, who hasn't made spaghetti in a month of Sundays, decided to make spaghetti that night for dinner and added extra meat. I was like, boomer female has become passive aggressive. I've been having daily tea talks with my father. He just comes in and spills random tea. The other day, we were sitting in the formal living room, the good couch, me on one couch, and my dad on the other couch. And my mom came in and looked at us like death because we were just lounging in there. We just lounging on the good furniture. I think that was our sign to move. We were talking about something. There was a lulling conversation, but nothing awkward because, you know, I'm talking to my dad, right? And my dad was like, 
your Uncle Teddy was a numbers runner. What? Now, mind you, Uncle Teddy is literally, with no exaggeration, Uncle Teddy is 92 years old. Uncle Teddy is a cuddly house cat. He'd been old my whole life. I told my father, I said, I don't believe you. These are lies. He said, call Uncle Teddy. I said, you call Uncle Teddy. You got his number. I don't have Uncle Teddy's number in my phone. So he called Uncle Teddy on speaker. He put me on the phone. I said, Uncle Teddy, my father has told me some information that is disparaging about you. I don't believe it to be true. He said, baby, what did your father say about me? I said, Uncle Teddy, were you a numbers runner? Uncle Teddy said, no, 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 I didn't run no numbers. But you need to, you need to ask your father about his friend. I said, ask my father about his friend. I said, what friend? He said, the numbers runner. I said, Uncle Teddy, you saying my father had a friend who was a numbers runner? Uncle Teddy said, I'm saying your Uncle Jimmy was a numbers runner. Uncle Jimmy was a numbers runner. I ain't defend Uncle Jimmy, though, because Uncle Jimmy, that's, that's kind of consistent with who Uncle Jimmy is. Uncle Jimmy, by the way, is 97. But he likes to lie to people and tell him he's like 92. And then he says he only dates young ladies in their 70s because they don't have walkers. The type of person that says shit like that is a wild card. That's a wild person. But he was like, your Uncle Jimmy was a numbers runner, and I, I couldn't defend that. And I was like, yeah, I could see that. My father said, ask Uncle Teddy if any of his other close friends were numbers runner. Ask him if he hung out with numbers runners. I said, Uncle Teddy, did you hang out with numbers runners? Uncle Teddy said, Jesus hung out with sinners. He said, you know who else hung out with sinners? I said, Uncle Teddy, who else hung out with sinners? And he said, well, sometimes I hung out with sinners and your father was always with me. So guess who hung out with sinners? I turned to my father. I said, Daddy, you had friends who was numbers runners? He said, give me my phone. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. All kinds of tea. My father will be pissed when he hears this. I have a special treat for you this week. We're going to cover Andrew Gilliam and his leaked pictures. That's not the treat. The treat is I watched self-made a story inspired by the life of madam cj walker hair care extraordinaire at the turn of the 20th century self-made is a netflix original in the u.s it was number one on netflix last week over the weekend as well i watched self-made i have mixed feelings about it i thought it was a pretty film if nothing else blair underwood Fine at every decade. I don't understand how one man can be so fine. My God, it makes no sense. Blair Underwood's abs were in episode three. Two episodes ago, two weeks ago, I was supposed to go to Broadway. And one of the reasons me and mom were going up was to see Blair Underwood's abs in a soldier story. But Broadway shut down and I was robbed of this miraculous viewing opportunity until... Self-made revealed his abs to me. I thoroughly enjoyed the Blair and his abs. The rest of the movie was okay. I did extensive reviews on my page, DemetriaLLucas.com. So if you want to check out my in-depth thoughts of the film there, you can. Um, I liked it like 75%. I like Octavia Spencer. I like seeing her twirl around. And all her fabric. I like the business part of the film. I like the complex relationship between she and her husband. Which begged everyone to consider. Can you be a very successful woman. And be in a successful relationship. I find men and women have very narrow gender roles. And 
we talk very often about men who are uncomfortable with women leading. I think women are also uncomfortable leading. I think women also have an additional burden when they are the star in the relationship, when they are the breadwinner. Women aren't supposed to have egos. And women, above everything else, are supposed to be, quote and unquote, supposed to be good wives and good mothers. So if you're you know, a CEO and you're running a great business and you have this big dream, it's supposed to be second to, did you put a hot pot on the stove and nurture your children? That is not expected of men. Go earn your money and your woman will cater to you and your ego. Everything else is optional. Just keep the lights on, buy a house that's big enough and some cars that are nice enough and everyone will fall in line. Women don't have that same luxury. Above all other things, you have to consider your spouse's ego, whereas I feel men do not. You just got to earn consistently and you're good. I thought the way that Madam C.J. Walker and her relationship with husband C.J. was really, really interesting. I thought it was nuanced and well-developed. I liked the way it was built up to. So that part I liked. The biggest issue for me in the film was I talked about the colorism. I understand colorism was an issue, a big issue at the time. I understand colorism is a big issue now. I'm not saying colorism shouldn't have been discussed. I'm saying I didn't like the execution of it for most of the film. I think making the prominent light-skinned women villains is just weird. And even if you're going to make one a villain, I think the way they made, um, what's the character? Addie Monroe. I think they made her such a cartoonish villain. It was just, it was not my favorite. Addie Monroe is based on a real-life woman named Annie Malone. I vaguely knew who Annie Malone was. I'd heard her name before. I knew that there was some dispute whether Madam C.J. Walker was the first American female millionaire or whether it was Annie Malone. I knew she was in hair care, but I didn't know much more about her. But after I saw the film, I was like... Did any of this really happen? Like, how inspired is this? So I went and looked up the story and I I learned more about Annie Malone. In real life, Madam C.J. Walker worked for her for two years as a sales agent. And that's how she was able to learn the business. The movie is inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. So it takes many liberties with the story. Yo, this woman got done so dirty. They create this super close version of her name. They base this character on her. And they really maligned her, to be quite honest. So Annie Malone has a great, great niece. Her name is Sasha Turnbow. That's the maiden name of of Annie Malone. And she wrote a post on Instagram correcting the narrative about her ancestor. She's done extensive research about Annie Malone. She's dug all up in the archive. She's read everything that she can get her hands on. But she wrote this piece and many, many people tagged me in it. So I reached out to her and was like, hey, would you like to come on the podcast and and tell me about your aunt? Because she sounds like a fascinating woman. Thankfully, she said yes. She was very gracious with her time and her information. So I'm really, really pleased to have her. I have Sasha Turnbow's interview a little later in the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. 
I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have one subject, briefly, that I would like to discuss before we get to that interview. You know what I'm about to talk about. We talked about him last week. We're going to talk about him this week. Andrew Gillum, former mayor of Tallahassee, Florida, once ran for governor of the state of Florida, lost by less than 1%. I think last podcast I said 1%. It was less than 1%. He had a really big scandal. He was found in a Miami hotel room. At the time we discussed this last week, the details were he was found too inebriated to cooperate with police. A male in his 30s was having an attack of some sort, assumed to be a meth overdose. A friend came to the room for what reason no one knows. The man called the paramedics. There was a police report, which is how this whole story came to the forefront. Once it hit the press, people went and did a little digging about that 30-year-old man and found photos and websites of him selling his ass for cash. Since the last podcast, pictures of the hotel room that dear Andrew and his male escort friend were partying in have hit the internet. The hotel room was a wreck. The sheets were soiled. There's pills, bottles of pills spilled all over the room. No signs of an alcohol bottle, despite Andrew's insistence that he drank too much. There was a jar of an injectable for erectile dysfunction. And then there was the standout photo of the bunch, a naked man who heavily appeared to resemble the man who ran for governor. He was naked, full naked, not even socks on, full naked on the bathroom floor, a towel, maybe a pillow under his head, that he had thrown up on and he was passed out. And then there's a pair of white feet in the photo 
One of the feet is standing on his wrist. A couple news publications went and pulled up pictures of the hotel suite. They pointed out that the tile on the floor and the pictures from the site of the hotel, the Mondrian, I believe, and the picture of the man who looks like Andrew Gillum laid on the floor, that was the same floor. They went and found another photo. There was Andrew Gillum wears a watch on his left wrist, but there was a couple photos of him on the campaign trail wearing the watch. The man who looks exactly like him passed out on the hotel bathroom floor has on the same watch on his left hand. So things ain't looking good for bruh. I thought the pictures were overkill. His career was pretty much done last week. The police report came out. So it was piping hot tea already. Releasing the pictures didn't really do anything for the story, except make it look like like a vendetta. Like someone really just wanted to get him. As opposed to like, I did this dumb shit and the police came. And so now the story's out and I've been caught doing some shit people didn't know I did. Or let me correct myself. Apparently, fam, you circles and political circles knew some things that the general public did not. But something about the, the naked photo, it just seemed personal. All this time, my theory has been that he and the male escort got together to do whatever they do in a hotel room. And the older guy showed up, called the police to get Andrew caught up. I'm still to this day trying to figure out, like, why did the older guy show up at the hotel? Like, what business did you have there? Now, after the release of those pictures, just a theory. I think maybe, I think maybe he and the escort who says that he'd known Gillum for about a year and a half, I think maybe they had a relationship. I think maybe he wanted more from Gillum and Gillum wasn't willing to give it up. And so he set that ass up. Like those pictures felt very much more like scorned lover than political opportunity. And the mess of that hotel room, it was so messy. It was like Hollywood messy. And not that I do drugs, but I've been around folks who just, you know, do do a casual drug like weed. Liquor, it's, it's a drug depending on who you talk to. But I've been around plenty of people who drink. I have drank more than I should have on many occasions. People who like to drink are very mindful of not spilling liquor. You might spill the chaser. You don't spill the liquor. People who smoke weed. You might waste the blunt, but you don't waste the weed. Like the weed falls on the floor. People scrape that shit right back up and put it right back in the bag. So looking at the hotel room, it's like pills knocked over, pills on the floor. No, no, no. If you do drugs, you respect the drugs because you want your next high. You don't just spill the drugs. You respect the drugs. The rest of the room could be a mess, but the pills will be in their bottle. That hotel room was so crazy. It looked comedic. The major news sites had the decency to blur Andrew's junk. I saw some women on a Facebook page discussing uh, the size of the ship. And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me. Like, how can you tell all that from blurred photos? And they were like, oh, sis, the pictures we're discussing were not blurred. And I was like, oh, dear. Someone did send me the nude photo. I will reserve to to offer commentary on it just because it wasn't a consensual photo. It's one thing if you like take a picture of your dick and you put it on the internet, like Omarion. Like I feel comfortable. Like we can discuss Omarion's junk freely and openly 
without hesitation because Omarion put that picture out there for the world to see. Andrew Gillum is passed out on a floor. He doesn't know he's in the world. He's not able to give consent. So I will give him the same decency that I would apply to if it was a photo of a nude woman in the same position. But that photo was just sad. It's like, sir, you've, you've, you've hit a rock bottom. Even if the picture hadn't been taken, even if it hadn't been released, but it's somebody's husband of many, many years. I don't know how long they've been married, but he's a father of three. He's 40 years old. For you to be at that state of life, passed out drunk on the bathroom floor, naked, throwing up, don't even know somebody standing over you, violating you, about to wreck your whole shit. You're in a bad situation in your life. So while my greatest sympathies are extended to his wife and his children, his family foremost, I also have a little sympathy for him. He's in a bad place. He needs a lot of help. I hope he gets it. Y'all gonna call me a pick me again, but it's okay. There is grace for those that seek it. You have to seek it though. So I hope that he does. And I hope that he's able to make something out of his life. I hope that he doesn't become a Monica Lewinsky where he is defined by this moment and never able to have a career again. It probably won't be in politics, but you know, it's Florida. Stranger things have happened. And I'll be 110% with you. If President Cuomo called me right now and was like, D, I need some crystal meth and a male escort, and I'm about to go get fucked up and pass out on this hotel room. I'd be like, sir, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I need you here by 1045. I bring you a good suit, a fresh shirt. You can wear the same tie. As long as his ass is sober for them 11 a.m. press conferences, and he continues to run New York like an oiled machine, and he continues to fight to save lives when Trump is out here doing whatever stupid fucking thing Trump wants to do. I don't care. You like pills, President Cuomo? I don't care. You put in a 12-hour day, you needed to unwind. Get yourself together for the press conference. Give me my daily press conference at 11 a.m. so I can calm my nerves and get through this. That's all I care about. If Andrew is capable of leading... He can demonstrate some leadership somewhere along the way. I'm not really mad at him. Are you sober while you're on the job? Are you leading effectively? That's where I am right now. Can you lead? That's all I care about. Can you save some lives? What you do in your private time isn't my business. If Andrew can pull himself together and and demonstrate some effective leadership, I'm willing to hear from him again in three to five years. Priorities, goddammit. Are you ready for the special treat? I told you about earlier. Her name is Sasha Turnbow. She's the great, great niece of Annie Turnbow Malone. Inside St. Louis, she is considered a queen outside of St. Louis. Unfortunately, a lot of people did not know her name. The silver lining to this Netflix film, which doesn't treat her so well on screen, is a heightened interest in who was the real Addie Monroe. And Annie Malone Ain't half as sketchy and is 10 times more fascinating. I'm very, very happy to have a descendant of her amazing legacy with us today. And with no further ado, let's talk to Sasha. It's Demetria. How are you? 
I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be talking about Annie. How exactly are you related to Annie Turbo Malone? Annie Turbo, she is my great-great-aunt. So she is my grandfather's aunt on my father's side. Her older brother, John L. Turnbow, who is often recognized in the newspaper articles and in a lot of articles involving Annie, that is my great-great-grandfather. She comes from my father's side of the family. And you've grown up your whole life hearing stories about your amazing, fabulous ancestor who changed the beauty industry, changed the whole business model for how people operate in terms of like marketing, business, and all of that. I have pictures of my grandfather and his siblings in Poro College in Pennsylvania, and they used to sell her products as well. And I always heard about um, all the amazing things that she did. And I've read different newspaper articles about just a lot of the impact that she had on the community. I was, I was very overwhelmed with joy to see that I came from such strong lineage. And hearing family stories was so much different from when I actually got to go and view the census records and the newspaper articles and see more of what she actually did for the world. Before this TV series came up and I started doing my own research, I wasn't very familiar. Like I knew her name. I knew that she was another beauty mogul around the turn of the century, but I didn't know much about her. So for the people who are not informed, tell me about your aunt. What did she accomplish? Annie was a chemist. She started making hygiene products for African-Americans in St. Louis. They did not have much access with running water. And so she made sure that she provided to the community. She made her products and then wanted to provide jobs for, for people. In doing that, she distributed her products door to door and would give demonstrations. One of her largest demonstrations was at the 1904 World Fair. That's when a lot of this um, gained momentum and she was able to use that World Fair as her, as her platform. She opened the first educational institution to teach black cosmetology. She graduated over 75,000 agents worldwide, including the Caribbean her facilities served as a place for African-Americans to come and gather. The largest school that she, that she opened in 1918, it was the most amazing facility. It had an ice cream parlor, a sewing room, a bakery, a laundry facility. People can get medical treatments there. Um, a lot of prominent African-Americans gathered in that building. She donated to the, to the YMCA um, on Pine Street in St. Louis. A, a lot of her... Her work was very charitable. She even might not be as recognized because she gave away so much. Top employees would get diamond rings as a gift, just as a token for their hard work and their due diligence. She funded two, two African-American students at each HBCU around the country. You never really hear about a lot of African-American students receiving that type of support, especially back then. She gave the largest donation to start uh, Howard Medical School, $25,000, and same with Tuskegee Institute. Giving this large amounts of money during that time, especially from a Black woman, was just not heard of. She was dropping coins. I was looking at the pictures of, of Poro College, and this is no community center type situation. Like, that thing was huge. It's like a whole city block or something. It was very beautiful. The bakery, a laundry facility, medical rooms for medical care, because African-Americans during that time 
they were not able to even go to a regular hospital to, to receive the proper treatment. Everything was just very unsanitized. And that's why she was just very strong with the hygiene products that she, that she created. The building also was served as an apartment. You know, there, there was people lodged there. She was very open and welcoming with what she did with her business. And she also, just to be clear, made a ton of money as well. She was documented worth over $14 million, um, by 1924. In the early 1900s, she was the highest taxpayer in St. Louis. And this caused a lot of white men to really come after her. They would burn down her buildings, and that really did start to shake up her business in different ways. There was even one point where she gathered 150 of her employees and, and families and bused them to Chicago. And, and, and overnight, you know, just moved all of these people to get them into a safer place because so many people were after her and just the greatness that she was spreading. She did not just face someone like Madame C.J. Walker and, and, and the issue with the products. When Annie married Aaron, they had a lot of dreams to build this empire. Annie used Aaron Malone's name um, when she was building her, her company. Her husband was very malicious and even tried to steal her own company and then sell it to white people. His name was like all was all on the um, the business, the paperwork, because he was a man. Yes, that is exactly how it is. That's man. So many things women had to overcome. She couldn't even conceive a child because all. how can you lay with someone who is trying to destroy you and seize you as a pot of gold? When they were divorcing, he tried to take everything from her. And he quoted in a newspaper, you know, he knows what he did and he'll have to answer with the Lord. And in the end, she did have to pay him a large amount, along with the taxes that she had to pay and the IRS coming after her. It is, it is amazing how she stood, still stood strong and was able to accomplish everything that she did. Wow. That's a heck of a story. You've talked about the amazing accomplishments of your aunt, his family. Why is it important that her story is known for you? This is the one bit of history and culture that I can hold on to. As an African-American woman, you know, I try to search for people that I can relate to, to go as deep as far in my lineage and see just such a prominent woman and what she did is very motivating and inspiring. I would even encourage many people to go into their lineage and their ancestry and just see who they who they have connections with. Coming from someone who has the power and strength to tackle the things that she tackled is remarkable. And I do want to make sure that as we tell this story, we continue to share the strength and the wisdom that she possessed because she was for Black people and uplifting Black people. And that means everything to me because I want to be able to show through this story that we can come together. And even if there are indifferences, we can try to use those indifferences to strengthen and uplift each other instead of trying to turn against each other. All the St. Louis people on my timeline were like, we love her. We love her. There's a parade every year. Have you ever been to it? Yes. I went last year to the May Day Parade. May Day. Um, okay. I, I went last year to the parade and they honored me as a Grand Marshal. It was the most amazing, amazing thing I had ever seen. The Corvette company um, donates cars for the entire line to just ride down the city. So they had my Corvette ready for me. And we drove down to downtown St. Louis 
and everybody was so welcoming. Over 30,000 people out there just sharing their love for Annie. It was such an uplifting moment being at that parade. And I was just so grateful that they invited me out there for that. Yes. I love that. Even though like maybe outside of St. Louis, like people may not know all the details, but I love that St. Louis is like, nah, we celebrate our own. Like we got you. We remember you. (laughs) The Annie Malone Parade is the second largest African-American parade in the country. It follows right after the parade that is held every year in Chicago. It is very important for the St. Louis community to to hold on to, to that parade. And I was very blessed to see what they do and how they bring people together. It's the second largest parade of Black people, and I didn't know about it. And I kind of feel like my Black card may need, like, reassessing, like an update. (laughs) Like, now I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't know. It's definitely very, very heartwarming. I I felt, you know, taken aback when I learned about it as well. I definitely wanted to make sure that I was a part of it in every way. And I'm so upset because I was ready to go back this year and and have just so much fun with everybody. And with everything going on, they, they did have to cancel the parade. This virus is ruining everything. It really is. And it's just so frustrating because there's so many plans and goals that I feel like everyone had set for 2020 saying it was going to be this just amazing year. And now we're all just confined to to kind of just build research and, and focus on uh, like the Internet of what we can do. You know, there's much outside of <laughs> the Internet that we can really partake in right now. I know, I know. But I guess that brings me back to the next question is everyone's sitting at home. We're trapped in the house. People are watching Netflix. Self-made, as of last week, was the number one Netflix uh, streaming in the country. And it was largely a story that portrayed your auntie in inaccurate light. They didn't use her name, but they used a name very, very similar to hers where you know it was obvious whom they were referring to. Did you see it? Yes, I did watch the series. I was made aware of um, a composite character, as it was phrased, that would be representing Annie. And I was told, you know, that it would kind of represent a lot of the obstacles that Madam C.J. Walker faced. I was excited because there's so many prominent Black women building this story. And in my mind, in my heart, I feel as though, you know, we're coming together to uplift Black women. So this is what we're going to do. All these powerful Black women on this team are going to share this story. It was very hard to watch because this is someone that is in my bloodline. Anybody can say they, they're they watching something, but when you have no connection to it, you can digest it differently. So seeing that this is someone that they called, you know, Addie Monroe, you go back and look and you see Annie Malone and it's so similar. I can't overlook it. it I, I cringe. It was, it was hard to watch, you know. I watched the first episode and then I did have to step away and pick back up on it on a sec on, on the third day because um, it was very hard and it, it brought tears to my eyes. I was very frustrated. Um, I couldn't believe that they had so much hatred for such a beautiful woman. And if they did not want to give her the respect that she deserved, then I couldn't understand why they wanted to make her such a strong part of the story. It was very interesting just to see who they actually paid respect to. You know, they paid respect to Booker T. Washington and, and then with W.E.B. But with with Addie, she was such a villain. And that's not who she was. When you read about her, you will see, you know, she was very introverted. She was very private. She was she was very humble. She was a very, very prideful, confident woman. She didn't really go after controversy. 
I understand that, you know, the, the Netflix series is a series, you know, Hollywood is going to dramatize whatever they can, but that is why I am just trying to set the record straight because that is not the depiction of who she was. You know, she was not confrontational. They had one dispute that I read about in a newspaper where Madam C.J. Walker was giving speech and she was not giving any recognition to any. She, she taught her, you know, she, she treated her for the products and, and taught her. Being that Walker's brothers were barbers in St. Louis, you know, they had to have been in the same circle with Annie. So everybody was very familiar with each other and Annie stood up and walked out along with, I believe, Madison J. Walker's um, sister-in-law, and they both just left the conference. Back then, they were competing, and I understand the market was very tough. But the story that we are trying to portray right now can show their indifferences without making her such a villain. I definitely referred to Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, you know, when they did their films, you know, it wasn't a huge thing to try to bash the other. They really did tell the story of each individually, and I wish it kind of served more in benefiting Matt Walker and telling her story. I feel like I would have gained some relief in seeing the truth and what she did, because she was a remarkable woman who did a lot of amazing things. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, they highlighted that she stole the products. That doesn't give me any comfort in showing and admitting that she stole the products and you're still bashing her for what she did. It's, it's just so, I just don't understand, like, the choice on this one. And I'm really very lenient about, it's Hollywood, and you're going to take narratives, and you want it to be dramatic, and all of that. But I was just like, these are actual people's names and legacies that are kind of being destroyed right now. <laughs> I've always wondered, the moment when I was able to actually tell her story, how it would be received. With seeing this series, I didn't really expects for it to flip i was i was expecting for all of this praise from madam cj walker and in the beauty of the series but now this has gained everyone to just have more interest in annie malone i i do wish that it was portrayed differently but you know the the walker family maybe didn't have as much power in the show as as i feel as maybe i i imagine they they would they try to pay their respects to annie but they don't do so in a way that actually shows her true power. I feel like they do so in trying to just continue to say, you know, but she's still equal, but she's still equal to Madam C.J. Walker. You know, you can't go to a university, gain your law degree, and say you did it on your own becoming this amazing lawyer. You can't say that you're a doctor and you just figured it out overnight because you just have this intuition of how to treat people. Giving credit to where you gain this knowledge is so important. And that is what I wish was portrayed in this series. They could have made her just a smaller character showing what she did and then went on to tell more of Madam Walker's life story. Why they didn't go with something more, I don't know. Why didn't they stick maybe more to the story? Because I'm sure there was tons of drama living next to Rockefeller and trying to invade all these white spaces, taking this, this money that white folks thought was just for them. I'm sure there was so much great story in that as opposed to like trying to pit these two women these two prominent, powerful, smart, business-savvy women against each other. One thing that I guess was really frustrating is the colorism. They, they use this mulatto woman um, to, to play her. If you see the pictures of, like, my grandfather with his, uh, my great-grandfather, her older brother with his chocolate brown skin, you know, she was 
very brown skin. Um, she wasn't the same complexion as Madam C.J. Walker, but they were very close in complexion. I do feel as though, you know, we see enough of Black women being pinned up against each other. I guess it's just very disheartening to see that that is the way that they think is the most entertaining. We can't try to use our voice to try to switch up the narrative and, and appeal to the truth instead of trying to appeal to the drama. I mean, it's an issue now. So it was definitely an issue at the turn of the century. So I definitely think it needed to be addressed. I just think taking all of the issues with colorism and then loading them into one character with a slightly fictitious name based on a real person was just like, WTF, like why? One more thing that I wanted to, to just make clear, there was, I don't know if the word animosity is, is correct. I'll just describe the scenario. From what I've read, Madam C.J. Walker did in fact take the name of one of Annie's products, the Wonderful Hair Grower. I mean, I think if someone took my product, like I would feel a way about that. Like, I think that's a, a legitimate, like, you know, if there was something to be upset about, that's pretty legitimate. Uh, Annie did create her wonderful hair grower, and that's what led her then into copywriting the name Poro and, and, and wonderful hair grower, because she saw how many people were coming after her. And Madam C.J. Walker isn't the only woman who came and tried to steal with these products. The way that Madam Walker did take everything and built is also how it was so easy for her to just claim all of her success so quickly because it's easy to just have something already laid out and then go from it. Well, I will tell you, I just in the, the brief things that I have read and especially after having this conversation with you that provides more detail, I would love to see a series, maybe not on Netflix, but I would love to see a series <laughs> about your aunt. I would love to read a book about her. I would love to know more about the amazing woman that she is. Yes, I'm definitely working um, with an amazing team right now to build um, a script for a series. We've been working on this for maybe like two years now. And I know a lot of people wonder why are people just now hearing from me. But I feel like it's because this, this Netflix series highlighted so much of it. I feel like people are now willing to listen. And if I could make one tiny suggestion for this whatever project that you're working on, can you get the business plan, the marketing plan? Because I want to know how this whole thing works. Some of those 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 techniques for business that she used way back in the day, I think the basics always apply. All these Black women entrepreneurs that are listening to this podcast, like I know all of us want to know, like, how can I level up to a good 200 mil? Yes, highlighting her entrepreneurship and the way she, she conducted herself is definitely one of the main things that I will focus on and allow um, people to gain insight on ways to build an entrepreneurship. Awesome. Well, please check back in in any way that I can support and my following as well. Because, I mean, I don't know if you got a chance to, to check the comments or the things that, that I posted on my page, but you got like an army of people who are interested. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to share with everyone. And I'm so glad that the, everyone is receiving Annie in such a positive light. Her story is definitely one that needs to be highlighted in history as just a beautiful, prominent Black woman who uplifted all of her people, served her people, treated the betterment of her people. And without her, who knows who we wouldn't have seen. You know, there, there may not have been a Madam C.J. Walker without Annie Malone facing her struggles and being able to create her products to treat people like Madam C.J. Walker. So I definitely will be keeping in touch with everybody and sharing the highlights of her story. All right. Thank you so much, Sasha. You're amazing. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. Remember me? How Sasha remembers her great-great-aunt. Speak highly of me. Make sure the best of my legacy, whatever it might be, make sure it is told on the biggest platform you can find. Make sure I am remembered well. Be like Sasha. I appreciate her very much for sharing her her family with us. She didn't have to, but she did. Thank you for setting the record straight. Thank you for informing us. It ain't February, but Black History Month is every month when you black. That is our podcast for the week. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. If you need some ratchet and respectable in your life between here and the next podcast, please follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Demetria L. Lucas. And because I'm writing again on my blog, DemetriaLLucas.com. And for the other places I write for, I'll just link y'all to that so it's easy for you to find. We'll talk soon. Okay, stay safe, y'all. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.